All right, you are now tuned in to the Follow Through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 155. And after seven years in Los Angeles, Doc Rivers has been fired by the Clippers. And of course, we're going to break down the NBA Finals. Starts tonight. It is the Follow Through with Clips and Drew. Drew, give me that intro music. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the Backs like Gluty us. I do have something to say, so you got to give it up. Give it up. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast. Coming at you back to back this week. Just dropped a pod yesterday. If things couldn't get any stranger for Clipper fans and Clipper Nation, Doc Rivers gets fired yesterday. And, uh, you were busy watching the soccer game, so you couldn't hop on live with me. You didn't even know what was going on. No, I had no idea. I Yeah, I, so I'm, I'm a huge Liverpool fan, for those of you that don't know that. And my brother, who is a, was a soccer player, uh, is an Arsenal fan, and they ended up playing against each other yesterday. So he came down, and we were watching the game, you know, having some beers and eating some wings. And then, yeah, when he left is when I got to check my phone, and then all of a sudden I saw this news. It was crazy. You had absolutely no idea what was going on. None. And my phone was blowing up, of course, and I thought it'd be cool to go live. That's why I was trying to get you on live. And we, it, was, it was lit. Uh, IG Live had to shut us down because I was going too long. Like, we went for an hour on the first round and then uh, another 30 minutes. So we had about 100 people in there, which was cool, uh, just talking about all the different possibilities. People wanted to know how I felt about it. And if you listen to the show, I was – adamant that I didn't want Doc Rivers fired. You had also mentioned that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a small pool to choose from as far as like really great coaches. And after discussing it with a few different people, I mean, we got to look at the facts here, dude. Uh, Somebody's got to be to blame, you know, and I guess the blame is going to go on Doc for this one, but it was interesting. There was nothing, there was no like hate in this separation. It seemed like Doc wasn't too upset. I mean, obviously, anybody's upset when they get fired, but everybody – so what do you think, Drew? What do you think about this? You know, I, I honestly I, – I think Doc was probably surprised just like everybody else, right? I just – I can't imagine that he thought that he would get fired after this. Now, this is not, you know, the, the most shocking news. He he screwed up a season that they should have gone farther. And, like, you, you – it's – I don't think it's very excusable to lose a 3-1 lead Nevertheless, to, to lose two in the same, you know, for the same team. He did that in, in 2015 as well. So I think, um, I think the whole thing that we were, we were surprised about was that this was, you know, not only was it a year that was, that was broken up by a pandemic um, and all the things that had to happen in order for the, the playoffs to even re, be restarted, but this was year one for this brand new project. And it just, you know, I think the, the conclusion that we came to as to why the Clippers might have failed a little bit short this year or fell a little short this year was because of lack of uh, continuity and lack of cohesion. And now <laughs> in year one of everyone being together, now we're looking at year two and it, you're bringing in a brand new coach and probably some new players. And it's the, the last year that Kawhi and Paul George have a contract year for, I mean, obviously they have the player option. So this is just, it was Surprising because we thought they needed more stability and not more change. And so, but I, guess, I get it. 
I guess this was, they've been talking about it for the past. I just thought this was really quick, right? Like we just got yeah. out a week and a half ago, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I guess they have been talking Balmer and Frank and doc for the past few days, like trying to either come, you know, see eye to eye on, the future of the squad. I go back to just thinking about in July, what doc and Balmer and West and Frank had to do to get this team together. I remember the story of doc, you know, sitting in his car at Nobu waiting to meet with Kawhi and then having nine hours on the clock to get Paul George and we make it happen. Um, and then I talked to our boy Mo Taylor last night, cause he hit me up and he's like, yo, what do you think about this? And so we were going back and forth. I said I was shocked. I'd rather keep Doc because I, I, I just don't know what else is out there or who's going to be the, the right fit. We were talking about that. Obviously, Kawhi had to sign off on this, right? And he had to. You or would some, assume. You, you would assume. You would, you would hope, right? You, you would yeah. want your owner and your GM to speak with our superstar player and see how he feels. We, we honestly don't know, like, the conversations behind closed doors in the locker room. Maybe some people had um, some beef with Doc and whatnot. But – one thing about Doc really fast is that uh, he's a great human being. He's a great man. He's a great teacher. He showed he was a, a figure in the bubble for all these young kids looking for a little leadership and direction. We saw how he stepped up during the bubble and was kind of the voice uh, of reason for the young guys. Uh, so this isn't a detriment. This isn't a, a, a dog on Doc at all. But what Mo was saying, and it made really good sense, is that you know, we all know Doc is a player's coach, right? People, he can relate because he played in the NBA. Maybe he's a little too buddy-buddy with the team and not much – and not really – stepping up and being the coach in situations where we need him to coach. And I brought up, like, you remember how Phil used to let the boys play through everything, right? If you go down 10, 12, Phil ain't making a move. He's going to let Kobe and Shaq and his veterans go through it. And I feel like Doc was kind of doing that a lot during the playoffs, and we could have used more coaching from Doc. Um, and then I was mentioning, like, you kind of want – the median between a Thibodeau and a doc, right? You kind of want somebody right in the middle that's going to coach you, you know, and coach you through these things, but also, you know, respect you and you, you're able to voice your opinions with doc. And he's obviously a, a coach that always listens to the players, right? He's a, he's a good listener. And I don't think a lot of coaches are. So it's, I'm sad. Cause I mean, that's seven years. He's our last link to the, to the good old days with lob city. And uh, you know, I just found it really odd that we're not going to, we weren't going to let him run it back one more, one more year. And so, and what's crazy is as soon as it, as soon as it happened, I think it happened at like one yesterday and by one thirty-five, as I'm going on live, he's already gotten offers from the Pelicans and the 76ers. It's not like doc is going to be not a head coach in the NBA anymore. He's going to be very coveted. A lot of people would want him. I think he would be great in, in uh, new Orleans. I think that would be awesome to have him in new Orleans. But then it's like, okay, well, Jeff Van Gundy and Ty Lue. And I'm like, where, where, is, where are we getting the Jeff Van Gundy from, first of all, who hasn't coached in a decade, right? I, his name is always thrown into the hat, right? It, it always seems like if there's like a semi-big market team that comes up, they're like, oh, and Van Gundy. Like, just throw Van Gundy in there, too. He might be interested. I, I think it's pretty clear that Van Gundy is not interested in coaching anymore. I, if he was, you know, I mean, and of course, that, that changes over time. Who knows? Maybe he does want to get back into it. But I, I just think that if he was interested in coaching, he would already have a job, in, you know, in, in the NBA. But, I, you know, I do think that everyone's saying that Ty Lue is, is like, the, the obvious choice. And to me, I just don't – I don't think how, – how does anyone think that he's a better coach 
than Doc Rivers. I just don't understand. I mean, granted, if he won a championship, right? But I think a lot of that was attributed to LeBron James. Of course. <laughs> and, you know, I don't think if it's Ty Lue or Dan Tony or Nate McMillan or Sam. even Gentry, because, I mean, yeah, Gentry, Gentry, you know, was a Clipper coach before. But I just – I don't see any of those options as being upgrades to me from Doc Rivers. If anything, if anything, they're sideways moves at best, and most likely they're downgrades. Now, it's possible that they pull somebody out like – like I know that you said initially like Popovich is a possibility or, you know, people have floated out that guy, that, that name. And if that's the case, then fucking A. Like if Popovich is going to come coach, awesome. Right. But you got to remember Kawhi wanted out of San Antonio – so bad that he forced a move. I wouldn't see that working out that way. I don't see that happening um, at all. I don't see that happening yeah. at all. And when we went on live yesterday, a lot of Clipper fans were really excited about it and happy that Doc got fired, um, which is just so odd for me. But I, I, I do think that our front office is good enough and at least make the right decision to make our, the players happy as well. I don't feel like there's going to be some Steve Nash wild card you know, thrown in the mix. And I, I don't think so. And there, there could be, but I, I, I still think that there's, we do have coaches on that bench that, that can coach and be a head coach. And maybe the guys went to them and said, you know what, we respond better to Ty Lue for whatever reason it is, or maybe we respond better to Sam Cassell. Um, I, I just, I just don't know. And Mark Jackson, obviously his name has been thrown out a lot, but again, this is another guy that hasn't coached basketball in a long time. And not too sure if he wants to coach basketball again. I mean, if you get that Clipper opportunity, it's a huge opportunity for anybody. Yeah. But and you Mark, can all, Mark lives you, in Los Angeles. That's like that's where his kids grew up. And, and you, know, you can also that one makes sense to me more than I think like Sam Cassell, for instance, or Ty Lue. I would I would prefer I think Mark Jackson. You would over both of them. I do. Yeah, I think I think what Mark Jackson did with the with the Warriors doesn't get enough credit. I mean, granted, like the reason he left was also his fault, right? So I think that is always blown up more than the work that he put in in getting that Warriors team right to where they were about to take off. And then Steve Kerr took it the extra mile. Now, I guess the, the biggest problem with that would be is like, well, if that's what Mark Jackson did, why would you bring him in when Doc essentially has them right at that doorstep? So who's the guy that's going to come in to take this team to the next level? I don't know if it's Ty Lue. I don't. I don't think it's Ty Lue. I. I, I just don't. And people I just. Don't, out, I don't know who it would be. That's. People, I think that's the biggest problem. People threw out Billups, right? Sure. And that that would be the wild card that I'm talking about, right? And that name was thrown out on our live a lot yesterday. And I love Chauncey. I, I think I, I don't love Chauncey as an announcer. I like Chauncey as a player and a, and a leader and a court a floor general. You know what I mean? He's kind of cut from that Chris Paul leadership, true point guard. You know, he's he was a uh, you know he had ups and downs in his career. You know, was drafted high, kind of bumps in the road. He had some really tough years, and then you know. Uh, in Denver and in, in Boston, or in Denver and in Detroit, he shined. I was just saying that I think Chauncey's more leaning towards the front office and not on the bench, because I, I think that's what he was more looking into. But that, that would be a wild card Steve Nash, right? Would that be as shocking as Steve Nash? No, because Steve Nash hasn't been in basketball for the last four years, five years. You know, Chauncey at least has been, you know, a, a part of the Clippers – broadcasting team he's been on you know 
TV for ESPN and, and, and Fox and stuff doing, you know, breakdowns and, and, and Steve Nash was doing soccer coverage. So that one's always going to surprise me more than Chauncey, for instance, who has been relatively vocal about getting a position within an organization. Um, and I don't know. I, you know, you're right. I don't know if he actually wants to be a coach or if he does want to be more like a GM uh, position, but he would be all right. I think, you know, I think Jason Kidd's a guy that probably is going to be considered. He's on the Lakers bench right now. There's I don't think though. he's a, a, an option for you. What's that? There, there's beef with Lawrence Frank and Jason Kidd. So that, that, that goes back to Jersey. So uh, that I, I'm scratching that right away. I don't see that happening at all. Okay, good. Yeah. And I don't think that's a, I, I just, I'm just trying to throw out other possible people that might be considered for it. And I don't think I wouldn't, I wouldn't go with Jason Kidd anyway. My guess is that the reason that they got rid of Doc so quickly is because I do think they're going to have kind of a, an extended search here. I don't think there's an immediate, like, pull the trigger, like tomorrow they know who they're going to hire. I think they're going to have to take a look at a lot of different people, bring them in, do some interviewing, uh, and then see what they actually want to do with this team and what they, you know, what they envision. Um, but and I, there's going to be a lot the of sooner that you get a coach, the better. There's going to be a lot of pressure though. Like if you thought we had pressure this season, if we go in next season with, you know, a new coach, say we sign them to a three year, four year, whatever, this can potentially blow up in our faces or it could turn out to be really great. We have to consider that, you know, again, um, Denver's going to be better. Golden State's going to be better. Dallas is going to be better. There's going to be a lot of competition in the West. And I think where the holes were, were with some of our clientele on the squad. So during the live yesterday, a lot of people were talking about Montrez and Pat Bev and what do we do with Lou? And, you know, we kind of all, at least the Clipper fans that, that we're talking, we're talking about how we need a playmaking point guard, right? Like some Patrick is great and defensively great in the locker room, but maybe not the playmaking point guard that we need as a starter coming off the bench would be really nice. If we could finagle a way to get Drew Holiday, some people threw out Derek Rose, some people threw out if Trey Burke's around, not necessarily to run our show, but to have a, another shooter. Uh, one dude threw out, which I really like this one, like, Paul George to, to Brooklyn for Karis, Joe Harris, and maybe Jared Allen, if we can get that, or Jared Allen and Karis and some picks. Um, and then some information came out today that said Clipper players were upset with Doc that they were playing Montrez over Zubak in that last finals. They were playing Montrez a little too much, even though he was, you know, was small. He's 6'8", okay? And he just – he had a really tough time with Jokic. Uh, so I, I liked the Drew Holiday a lot, and the Derrick Rose would be kind of nice. I think there's going to be a few clientele changes. Regardless of who gets the job, they're, they're not going to have the exact same approach as Doc. And if they did, why would they be hired? You know what I mean? Like, so it, it only makes sense that whoever's going to get the job is going to make some sort of changes. Plus, um, as Alex Kennedy mentioned in the podcast a couple, um, like about a week ago now, your, your cap space is pretty limited. So you don't have a lot of options as far as, signing big free agents but you and and so uh, we expect at least some of your free agents that are available to not be on the team anyway so this one this one's tough man i i really i think i think balmer and frank uh just i think they pulled the trigger too quickly here i think one year was was the best way to go one more year was the best way to go and then you know see what you have to do or you even fire doc in the middle of the season if it was really going terribly but um i just think i think you guys are setting yourself up for a really tough second season but you said something there that i'm curious about so you mentioned that you would be happy to trade paul george and is that actually something that you're that you would be 
wanting to do at this point, or would no. you rather keep him if he can't? No, I'm saying if they're gonna if they're gonna, sh- I want to keep Paul George, but I I try to think about the psyche of what the players are thinking too. And obviously, there's been memes about Kawhi rethinking coming to the Clippers and rethinking, you know, giving up all these picks for Paul George, and we're kind of seeing that. And I think if if I see it as a fan, and a lot of other players see it, and you saw it too, like just the way Paul George approached it, it talked after that last game, like he's not the dog. Like maybe this isn't the guy that I thought I wanted to play with, you know? And so again, like the LeBron syndrome, I, we're going to do everything we can to keep Kawhi for the next five, six years. That's what we want. And if I want to keep Paul George. And like I've said before, I think, I think somebody's going to overpay for Montrez uh, I, th- I don't think he's worth $18 million a year. If we can get him at the 12, then yes. Cause just like the doc syndrome, what else is out there? But we need to, we need to focus on the holes. And a lot of people were talking bad about Zubak. And I'm just like, again, you can't like some guy just kept saying, Oh, Mikey that we used to play basketball with was in our live. And he was just saying Zubak so slow, so slow. And I'm like, well, you can teach fast. Like you can work on getting faster and quicker and you can spend a summer doing that and you can get faster. You cannot uh, teach seven feet. And it's also like, that wasn't the problem. Like Jokic is slower than Zubak. So like, there's, there's no issue. That's, that's completely irrelevant. And I think Zubak played great. And Mm -hmm. I think they should have gone to him, especially in those last couple games as it was coming down, like just see what he can do in the fourth, like see if he would be able to make Jokic's life a little bit tougher in those last, you know, four minutes of the game. Worst thing, worst thing that happens is he fouls him or, you know, turns the ball over and then you sub him out again and say, well, we tried it, but at least, you know, putting him in there, especially with how well he was doing in the first half in those games that would have made a lot of sense. Or if we're, if we're that small, you know, why doesn't Noah have a Jersey on, you know what I mean? Like get, get Noah out there, let give him some burn, you know, whatever, give him some burn. All right. Enough about the Clippers doc. Thank you so much. I love doc rivers. Doc rivers is a great human being. He's the best coach we have ever had my whole lifetime for, for, for the Clippers. Larry Brown. No, God, no. Larry Brown was not the best coach for the Clippers. He was, he is not a player's coach. He is the exact opposite of Doc Rivers. He makes your players better, but I don't necessarily think he has a lot of friends uh, that played for him. Uh, But thank you, Doc Rivers. Hopefully this is a good thing for Clipper Nation. We, We will find out soon enough. I'm just hope I'm like, uh, what's, what's the woman's name on San Antonio? Becky Hammond. Becky, like if, yeah. If the, if the Clipper, if that's going to be our next head coach, watch this, bro. The, the ultimate Clipper move, Becky Hammond, the new head coach of the Los Angeles Clippers. She knows her stuff, man. She I does. Be, she's she's going to get a job somewhere, whether it's in San Antonio after head Popovich coach? retires. Yeah, I think so. Uh, okay. I'm, I, so. I mean, I'm all for that. Hey, let's move on to a team that's actually still playing. Uh, we got our finals <laughs> matchup. Who would have thought in a million years that J.R. Smith would be the guy? That would call Lakers in Miami at the beginning of the season. How wild is that? Uh, the true winner in all of this is Deion Waiters gets a ring no matter what, whether he plays a minute or not. Miami wins, he gets a he gets a ring. Lakers win, he gets a ring. We we have a really great matchup in this, Drew, and this is what we've been you know gearing up towards, and. I think it's going to be good. I mean, I called, I said Lakers in five. I think this is going to come down to three point shooting and turnovers uh, for, for Miami. I, th- I, I know they're going to be jacking up the threes. Uh, I think this is going to be a real positionless finals because 
you know, LeBron's probably going to play the one. Dragic isn't going to guard LeBron at the one. If AD's playing the five, that means that – or if AD's playing the four, Crowder will be on AD. It's going to be real positionless, man, if you, know, if you know what I'm trying to say here. Well, the first thing I want to say is, is I'm very, very happy with the way that the Lakers closed out the series against the Nuggets. I was really hopeful that game five would be the last game that we had to play. And, you know, LeBron was amazing in that game. And he, boy, does he love to pour it on. When he's feeling it and they're up by a couple, he just loves to throw some more, some more crazy step backs and, and, you know, flashy passes. So that was, that was really enjoyable to watch. Um, and yeah, I think, we, I think we did everything that we, we needed to do in that game. And so in, in the series against Miami, I think for sure this is going to be the first team that we faced with this kind of defensive ability. And that to me is going to be a challenge immediately. Uh, Crowder, who we didn't, I don't think I gave enough praise for his defense against Giannis, is going to be causing Anthony Davis a lot of problems. Now, Anthony Davis is a more skilled offensive player than Giannis is and has more moves to go, you know, to, to go to when defended like that. So I think AD will have a better performance um, against Crowder, but he's not a pushover. And obviously we know Bam is a hell of a defensive player. Jimmy Butler, really solid on the defensive end. They have Andre Iguodala as well, as we know, still an amazing defender at his age. Um, so I think this series, I, I do think, like you said, turnovers and threes, of course, that, that those are the two huge things that, that will always turn a, a series one way or the other. Uh, but I do think, I think this could definitely go seven games. Um, I'm confident in the Lakers' talent level over the, the, the Miami Heat talent level. Uh, but this is truly going to be kind of a matchup between what LeBron and Anthony Davis bring to the table and then what the entire Miami team brings to the table, right? So we're going to see if the superstars prevail here, uh, which I think most people expect them to, uh, or if it's actually the team of Miami that can, if, if Miami can bring it, you know, seven, seven eight guys, you know, strong every, every game and everyone's playing, they're going to win at least a couple games in this series against the Lakers. I said it, I think I said it to you, you know, back in, I don't know, like July, but I think this is, this is our year. I, I really do. And things have worked out really nicely, you know, three straight series of only losing one game, you know, game five, closing it out every time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling very confident that the Lakers are going to win another championship here. I'm very excited about it. You should be, you definitely should be. I think, uh, I think Miami's kind of like, America's sweetheart right now for all the haters like a lot of people really like Miami right now a lot of people are taking like fans are taking Miami I don't think the media is taking Miami this you know the broadcasters and the sports writers and all that I don't think they're taking Miami I think they're going to put up a really good fight uh Jimmy but they're going in with a really good team mentality you know they've been playing their asses off so I want to see if if Hero's butthole gets tight in this series because he's been playing with all this swag and and whatnot. I don't think Nunn's going to be getting a lot of minutes at all. Uh, but I like no, Dragic has been playing too good. Playing so well. And the whole Iggy thing, too. Iggy's been there, been there before. He's played LeBron a lot. Uh, he's, he's a step slower now, but he can still play defense. It's, and Jimmy, of course, is going to bring it every single night. I'm really excited. Tomorrow's going to be a really big day. You know, I think the keys to this series for, for the Lakers have been the same keys that I've been looking for as far as somebody from our bench needing to step up and be a, a stable force. Uh, and in the last pod, I, I was praising Rondo and Dwight Howard. 
both of those guys, I think, are going to need to continue to perform at that kind of a level for us to get this done, um, especially if we want to get it done in five, right? Because we can't – this Miami Heat team is resilient. Uh, they're strong. They, they're closer. They're, they're not scared, right? Um, so it's not going to be like, oh, the, the Heat are, are coming into this matchup being like, man, we got to go against LeBron and Anthony Davis. I can't believe that, – that shit's not going to happen. Uh, they're going to be ready to play. Uh, every game and so I, I do think you know our defense needs to be solid and whoever it is if it's KCP or if it's Rondo Caruso uh, Danny Green whoever's guarding Duncan Robinson has to stay home mm-hmm. uh, I mean that's all they do is run him off the screens and, and these little actions to get him you know shots coming off picks or all this stuff that they do you just have to try to get around those and stay on him as close as you can and then not jump when he shoots, just let him shoot, stay on the ground. Don't foul him on, on his shots. Um, but I will be, I will be interested to see who we end up putting on Jimmy. Cause I think Danny green might be better served or KCP might be better served on Dragic um, because he's been so, so efficient offensively. And then my hope is honestly that LeBron and Jimmy go head to head. I would love to see that matchup. Uh, both those guys, I think have a lot of respect for each other. They played several times against each other. Um, you know, when, when Jimmy was in Chicago and, and LeBron was in Cleveland and Miami. So I think, uh, I think that matchup is going to be special. And then, of course, if Bam and Anthony Davis go head-to-head, that's going to be a great one too. I mean, Bam has handled every big man that's come up against him solidly this entire postseason. Um, and, of course, Anthony Davis is playing his ass off. So What's your goal on the series then? I think Lakers in six. Mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a good safe call. I would love to do it in five. I mean, that's the trend. We we end everything in five, so it would be fantastic. But I think six games probably more appropriate, especially given uh, the nature of the Lakers' first games in, in these series. It's not like we're always coming out, uh, you know, completely a hundred percent in a game one of every series. And I would not be surprised if Miami comes with that same level of intensity that we've seen out of them for most of the games they've played and, and snakes game one and then turns it into a hell of a series. So I'm hopeful for, you know, five or six games. I would, I would love to avoid a game seven and I would definitely love to get another banner up at Staples center. You know, uh, I got two more points before we got a dip. Did you see, why is Paul Pierce so salty? Did you see his comments <laughs> against Tyler hero about refusing to call him a bucket? And then yeah, the, the I watched that. I was actually watching that live and Jay, I think it was Jay Williams was the one that was calling him a bucket and Paul Pierce got like all upset. That's so butter, dude. I don't Bro. understand. And then he was going, I, I understand the LeBron comments earlier when he was saying, you know, we weren't scared of LeBron and young LeBron, I get it. And, and they probably weren't, but then going at the 20 year old like that, after he just pretty much averaged 20 in Eastern, Eastern conference, conference finals. And then they put, Paul Pierce Eastern Conference Finals up there, and he averaged 18. So it was it was pretty funny to me uh, why why Paul Pierce is so damn salty, dude. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of just Paul Pierce, right? Like your favorite. I yeah, I I dislike that man. <laughs> I've, I've never liked him. I don't think he's cut out for this whole uh, you know on air because every time he says something, it's like bogus. It's it, like it's very rare that he says something you're like, oh, that actually is pretty spot on there, Paul. Uh, it's just everything seems to be a little bit off with his analysis, including the whole like LeBron's not on the goat list, uh, you know. And no, but now, now, now and yeah, now he's sitting. Now at the he table. will be. Yeah, now he's sitting at the table with Mike. Regardless, if he, of if he wins this, now he's in the. Yeah, stop I, contradicting yourself, Paul. 
I just don't understand it, man. I, I understand that he was a good player. I understand that great player. You know, he was fine. I, even fine. That's I don't care. He, we won a championship. Uh, I just don't think I don't think his destiny here is uh, is being an, <laughs> working on air for ESPN. I don't think he brings a lot to the table. Some good news, though. Uh, I mean, we've been talking about this for a few months. I think we did our our episode of saving Delonte back in January, if I'm not mistaken, uh, before All Star break and whatnot, and we've seen like the decline of of Delonte West. We've heard rumors about it. Then we saw pictures uh, of him like sitting on a street corner looking real bad. He's had battles with depression and bipolar and, you know, most likely some drug use. And then we saw video of him panhandling in front of a gas station in Dallas. And, you know, a lot of people came out and said something. Trez said some stuff on his, on his page and then a uh, little Boosie. And I know a lot of people might not uh, pay attention to Lil Boosie, but he came out and said something like, you know, I want to know how many family members Delonte West took care of and put money in their pocket and, you know, fed them and gave them houses and whatnot. And now, he, now he's got nobody. And mind you, I don't know Delonte West at all. And maybe he severed all of those relationships and maybe he burned a lot of bridges. And we also heard that, uh, you know, Jameer Nelson had reached out many a times. The NBA, the MBPA had reached out many a times and he didn't want the help. And I got chills saying it, but like Mark Cuban pulling up, finding Delonte at the gas station, it was no media coverage. There was only a guy on his cell phone that saw it. It's not like he brought, you know, anything for clout. Like, hey, I'm picking up Delonte. But he pulled up at the gas station, got Delonte in the car, reunited him with his mother in Dallas, and put him in a facility in Florida. And I'm just really – it makes me feel really good, you know, that I'm seeing Mark Cuban take care of his own and kind of be the guy to step up and, and do that. Um, it's just a really good thing. I, I, I'm praying for Delonte. I hope this works for him. I hope he can come out of this on top, and, and, and it's a 30 for 30 in a couple years. Where he's coaching on the sideline or a G League job. Because I think if he, if he does well with this, I think the MBPA is going to take care of him and maybe help him get maybe a player development job or, or something like that somewhere if he can come out of this on top. Big shout out to Mark Cuban, though. Like, this story is great. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Like, this is – that's what you want to see from not just like Humans. an NBA – Yeah, not just an NBA owner or, right. you know, some billionaire. That's mm-hmm. a, an unbelievably beautiful thing that, that Mark Cuban did to take the time out of his day. And uh, we all know that he can afford the, you know, the treatment and he's putting up the dollars for it. And, you know, I think as an owner, he's shown this side of him a couple times. And you can tell that for the most part – Everybody that comes through that system seems to love Cuban and he seems to be a really good guy. So this is just another, another something that he can add to the list. And I, I do love the fact that he wasn't trying to make this a news story. He wasn't trying for this to be an Instagram story. He could have. Uh, yeah, very easily. I mean, I shit, they have PR people all over the place. They could have put a camera there. They could have brought a camera to it. But I think that's, you know, that's even more showing you know, what, what he's about. I was, I'll say this, and you know, I stand on social all day, all day long, because I like, you know, I'm on it all day long for us. And I saw the picture of him panhandling super early. I saw it nowhere else. Only one person had it. And I didn't want to post it because I've done, we've done enough. I, I did that once before when we, when the, the picture of him sitting, sitting down on, on that stoop, just looking like shit. And it was one of our most liked posts, right? It was, we got like something like, at that time, like 1,200, 1,300 likes on it. And I'm just like, this it doesn't feel right. It feels like I'm exploiting this guy for likes. And I didn't want, and I'm not saying other outlets did that at all. I just didn't want to post it. But I did want to post when we saw Cuban pick him up. 
And I just thought that was great. Shout out to you, Mark Cuban. There needs to be more humans like you on the planet. We have the NBA Finals starting tomorrow, Wednesday. And do they have two days off in between no. these games? No, they're doing every, just every, every other day. Let me, do, let me confirm that here. I'm going to pull up the schedule real God, quick. The, the season could be over by next week, bro. And then what yes. do we do? Well, it's not going to be that long of a Right. Because we're going to go straight from there to the draft and, and then to whatever preseason. So it, we're, it's going to jump right into it. Yeah, it's, they're playing every other day. So every game other two day. Saturday. Game two is Friday. Game three sa- Sunday. And then game four, if it was a sweep, the series would be over in a week on Tuesday, October 6th. Damn it. Yeah. Damn. But no, so it, it should end in five, right? Like, Oh, it looks like, okay, they give they give them two days off. After game four. Oh, so so if, it, if, it's, if it's not a sweep, then they give them Wednesday and Thursday off, and game five would be on a Friday. Okay, that's nice. Uh, we're going to take them out with, with my guy who you turned me on to, Drew. Sick uh, kick. Lost my uh, way. That's the jam right there, right? Dude, that guy's money. He has, I don't know. Has he put out new music recently? Is this a new one? Uh, no, you've heard this one. Lost my way. This is the jam. Turn it up. Bang it. Screenshot when you listen to the show. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew. And we're ghosts. I'm falling, I'm falling, I've lost my Become a monster, lost every day and night. Ooh. Spurs in my head, I'm feeling haunted. Pleasure, the street lights. No, walking mm-hmm. all alone, watching the rain. Follow me like the rain of light. Ooh. They don't understand this pain of mine. Though you do not realize what I've been through, what I've been through, my mind telling me lies. World's all dark, finger on the trigger A sight of the man in the mirror Following the heart of a sinner I'm falling, I'm falling, I'm falling I've lost my way Oh, no.